Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio, today brought to you by the Art of Crime podcast. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and check us out on Instagram, instagram.com slash greatdetectives. If you want to be sure to never miss an episode of the podcast, I encourage you to follow us using your favorite podcast software. In a moment, I'll be bringing you this week's episode of Dangerous Assignment. The original air date will be October the 6th, 1950, and the title will be Contact Marta Gerber and Smash Sabotage Ring. But before Steve gets his assignment, I do want to go ahead and let you know about our sponsor. The Art of Crime is a brand new history podcast about the unlikely collisions between true crime and the arts. Season 1 is titled The Unusual Suspects, Artist Accused of Being Jack the Ripper. It profiles six renowned artists who have fallen under suspicion as the Whitechapel murderer. Beloved children's author and poet Lewis Carroll is the one best known to us today. Joining him, among others, are the theatrical wig maker and costume designer who supplied Scotland Yard with disguises while it was hunting the Ripper, the actor who originated the dual role of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde and was playing it in London at the time of the killing spree, and the Victorian pop star whose brother, it so happens, has also been accused of committing the crimes. As you meet each artist, you'll find out who they were, what it was like to work in their trades in the Victorian period, and why they've been nominated as Ripper candidates. Then there is the larger question. Why have artists, especially great artists, proven so attractive as suspects? Subscribe today wherever you get your podcast and make sure to visit www.artofcrimepodcast.com. You can also follow the Art of Crime podcast on Facebook and Instagram. And now, it's time for Dangerous Assignment. Dangerous Assignment, starring Brian Donlevy as Steve Mitchell. Yeah, danger is my assignment. I get sent to a lot of places I can't even pronounce. They all spell the same thing, though. Trouble. But when I walk into the commissioner's office, I don't realize this assignment's going to involve my racing to crack a case before the killer pulls the trigger on me. Then, having that race end up in a dead heat. Morning, Commissioner. Ruth said you wanted to talk to me. I do, Steve. About your love life. My what? You hurt me. Oh, now, look, Commissioner, I hardly think that comes under the heading of dangerous assignments. You sure, Steve? Well, on second thought, maybe some of them do, but even so... Seriously, Steve, remember Martha Gelber? Martha Gelber? Brother, you seem to be specializing in making me squirm this morning. Why, Steve, seems to me I can remember a time when that name was sweet music to your ears. Sure, pre-war Vienna, just a sweet young doll, I thought... 
It wasn't until later that I found out she was a red-hot Nazi, but what's the point in opening old graves, Commissioner? This grave isn't old, Steve. What do you mean? Marta dropped out of sight after the war. We all figured she was dead. I know, but she's very much alive, Steve. One of our agents spotted her in Tokyo three days ago. Tokyo? What's she doing there? Steve, as you know, there are two things that always go together. Marta Gelba and trouble. Trouble? What kind of... Hey, wait a minute. There's been a lot of sabotage in Japan recently. Exactly. Trains derailed, bridges blown up, the works. And it's hampering our efforts in Korea. You think Marta is mixed up in the deal? That's exactly what you're flying to Tokyo to find out. You know how some ex-Nazis have a habit of selling out to the highest bidder. Now, look, Commissioner, wouldn't it be better to send another agent? After all, Marta and I were kind of friendly in those days. And when I found out about her, it sort of left a bad taste in my mouth. Well, Steve, you ought to know by this time that personal feelings can't interfere with assignments. That's precisely why I'm sending you. In the first place, Marta was interested in you. In the second place, in those days, you were a foreign correspondent. That's probably all she knows about you. Okay, okay. What's my contact in Tokyo? The agent who spotted Marta, a man named McCloskey. He's staying at the Kura Hotel. Now, Steve, get over there. Talk to McCloskey and try to get a line of Marta Gelber. And if she's behind this operation, smash her. The sabotage has got to be stopped. Well, that's it. You've got your assignment. Good luck. The National Broadcasting Company is presenting Dangerous Assignment, starring Brian Donlevy in the role of Steve Mitchell, colorful, two-fisted government agent. At all those places of the world where danger and intrigue walk hand in hand, there you will find Steve Mitchell on another dangerous assignment. Sure, I've got my assignment, and on the surface it sounds great. Take a little trip to Tokyo and renew my acquaintance with an old flame. But I've got an uneasy feeling that before the deal is through, that old flame is going to turn into a grade-A blowtorch. It's Thursday when my plane lands in Tokyo, and I head for the Kura Hotel and McCloskey. The situation here isn't good, Mitchell. Whoever's behind the sabotage has been going on has been running the deal real smart. They've apparently got up-to-the-minute information on troop and train movements. They're causing a lot of trouble for us. You think Marta Gelber could be behind the deal, McCloskey? Well, that's a good guess, but the trouble with guesses is there's never any proof. You know the way Marta operates, when she operates. Uh, yeah, slightly. Well, I'll give you all the dope I have on Marta, but it isn't much. She's apparently been living here in Tokyo for about two years. But last week was the first time any of us had spotted her here. She lives in a very swank apartment. Yeah, that'd be Marta, all Always right. has two or three guys on the string. Likewise. And according to my information, has been throwing plenty of dough around. Sounds like she hasn't changed a bit. Well, lately she's been hanging around the racetrack quite a little. The racetrack? Uh-huh. Hey, that might be a good place for me to bump into her. You know, accidental-like. <laughs> Speaking of people who haven't changed a bit. Who, me? Well... You never can tell. I might pick up a long shot out there. Yeah, yeah, you might. But just one thing. What is it, McCloskey? Well, now, you know Marta better than I do, Steve. You know she can be about the most dangerous thing on wheels, so be careful. And just be sure, if you do pick up a long shot, it's a horse, not a slug. Cheerful guy, McCloskey. So I mosey out to the racetrack, and it isn't 15 minutes before I spot Marta. She's got an expensive fur draped around her neck, a racing form in one hand, and a wad of bills in the other. And she looks better than ever. I bury my nose in my racing form and start walking towards the... Oh! Oh, I'm sorry. Why don't you look... Stephen! Stephen Mitchell! Oh, my Marta! Oh, Stephen, darling! 
<laughs> hey, that's what I call a welcome home. Oh, darling, it's been so long. I can't believe it's you. Oh, how wonderful. Let me look at it. No. No, you have not changed one bit. Neither of you, Marta. Oh, I almost forgot. Hmm? I am furious with you, Stephen. Go away. After eight years, you're furious with mm. me. Oh, that's great. Well, what did I do? That is what you did not do, Stephen. Hmm? That night in Vienna. Remember? You promised to come back later, and you never did. Oh, that. Uh, well, I got called back to the States all of a sudden. Well, it will take me at least five more seconds to forgive you. Just for writing for those silly newspapers. Oh, after a fashion. What are you doing in this neck of the woods, Martha? Oh, that is a long story, Steve. Well, I'm a good listener. Well, right after the war, I met one of your GIs in Europe, and I married him. Met him and married him. Mm. Sounds like a real fast deal. Oh, it was just one of those silly things, Stephen. It lasted quick. Oh? Yeah. But there I was, married to him. So I came with him to the United States and later here to Japan with the occupation forces. Uh, look, I didn't realize you were complete with husbands these days. Oh, no, don't let go of my hands, silly. <laughs> I'm not married anymore. Oh, how come? Oh, a few months ago, he died in an accident. Oh. Yeah, poor boy, he was nice. Is here? Is finished? Listen... And the winner is Nippon Jack. Oh, excuse please. Not seeing correctly. G.I. Joe is the winner. So sorry. So now I work for an importing firm here. But Steve all these things about me. What do they matter, man? I guess they don't, Marta. Nah, of course they don't. Because now we are together again. Stephen, we have so much to say to each other, and this noisy racetrack has no place to say those things. Maybe you've got a point, Marta. Here is my address, Stephen. You will come to see me tonight? Okay. I'll be there. I'm sorry I'm late, Marta. I had... Oh. I didn't realize you were occupied. Oh, this is a very old and dear friend I wanted to meet, Bill. Stephen Mitchell, a newspaper correspondent. Stephen, this is Sergeant Bill Duncan. He's a very nice boy. Thanks for the build-up, Marta. Glad to meet you, Mitchell. Sergeant, well, i better be getting along. Oh, no, don't leave, Steve. Marta, I thought that we'd plan on having a drink together. Oh, did we? Oh, yeah, yes, we did. But I, uh, I see you later, Steve. Sure. Well, glad to have met you, Sergeant. Yeah, thanks. Come along, Marta. Hmm, Sergeant. Uh, one moment, please. How very important information for you. Yes? Who are you? Suki. Have information of great value. Oh, what is it? Oh, oh too crowded here to talk. Oh, please to come. Okay. Who sent you? I am messenger from heaven. What? So, is better here. You bet. Now, what is this important information you've got for me? Oh, big killing. You bet. Killing? Where? Soon. Big sweeper. Sweeper? Look, I don't... Oh, wait a minute. You mean sleeper? Yes, sweeper. Next race, you bet. Horse name, Konichiwa. Oh, great. Even in Tokyo, they've got touts. I'm sorry, Buster. Oh, but cannot lose. Positively sure, cinch. Absolute. You bet. Sure, sure. You bet. Got a match, mister? Yeah, I have a... Oh, McCloskey. Yeah. Light me up while we talk, huh? Sure. I see you spotted Marta, okay? Yeah. Who's the sergeant? Oh, Duncan. He's one of the boys she's got on the string. He's been seeing you quite a lot lately. Maybe a little too much. Thanks. 
You said whoever was behind this sabotage was apparently getting inside information? That's right. This martyr Sergeant Duncan business. It could add up to something pretty nasty. Well, I... I better shove. I've got a date with Marta tonight. Oh? <laughs> Didn't waste much time. Neither did she. Is there some place I could meet you afterwards? I may pick up some information from her. Yeah. And there's a little rundown bar not far from my hotel, Watanabe's. I'll be there at midnight. Okay, see you then. As always, you are late, Stephen. Come in. Thanks. Well, quite a place you've got here, Martha. Yeah, it is nice. Is it here, Stephen, beside me? Yeah. Hey, looks like I get the complete treatment. Treatment? Well, soft lights, sweet music. Oh, yeah. Soft lights and music. For us, they were always good, darling. It's that little tune, you remember it? Hmm? Well, yeah, I remember it. Oh, Stephen, it is so good to have you close to me once again. Who could that be? Great timing. Yeah? Oh, yeah. Well, I, I don't know. Very well, yeah. Well... As I remember, you were right in the middle of some pretty interesting conversation, Marta. Huh? Oh, yeah. Something the matter? Oh, I suppose it is just the excitement of seeing you again, Stephen. It must have gone to my head. Eric? Oh, a little one, I'm afraid. I see. Well, in that case, maybe I'd better shove off and let you get some sleep. Huh? What, darling, would you mind? No, of course not, Marta. I hate to have you go, but I suppose you had better. Perhaps tomorrow night? Yeah. Perhaps. See you later, Mother. I leave Marta's apartment, go across the street and wait in the shadows. I don't need a crystal ball to tell me that that telephone call she got had something to do with her sudden headache. Pretty soon, a guy comes hurrying down the street and turns into the apartment house. As he enters, I get a look at his face. Yeah, Sergeant Duncan. At this point, I figure I'd better see what kind of a line I can get on this Duncan. So, I go over to Army headquarters. Well, evening. What can I do for you, mister? You holding down the fort here, Sergeant? Yeah. Lieutenant's out somewhere. Well, I'd like a little information, Sergeant. Uh, might just well call me Tennessee. The rest of the boys do. I wonder why. Eh, sticks out all over me, don't it? Eh, just what kind of information you looking for, mister? About one of the men attached to this command, Sergeant. Bill Duncan. Oh? Well... I tell you now, we got a little rule around here. Somebody starts asking questions about one of our boys, we just kind of like to know who's asking. That's a good rule, Tennessee. Here's my credentials. Yeah. It's sure enough, are. All right. What you want to know, Mr. Mitchell? Anything you can tell me about Sergeant Duncan. Well, for one thing, he's a tattoo intelligent. Oh? Filing clerk or something. He ever mentioned a girl named Martha... Why, sure, sure. Duncan used to be a friend of Marta's husband, fellow who got himself killed in an accident a couple of months ago. I see. Uh, Lieutenant ought to be back in an hour if you want to wait and talk to him. Thanks, but I've got to meet a guy in a few minutes. I'll check with the lieutenant later. (laughs) 
I head for Watanabe's bar where I'm to meet McCloskey. It's a beat-up looking joint, but McCloskey's nowhere in sight. Only three rugged-looking gents sitting in various corners. I wait an hour, and then I get a little fidgety. I look around the bar, and it seems to me that three gents are a little closer to me than the last time I noticed. Suddenly, I smell a trap. I take my drink in my hand and saunter over to the jukebox. Out of the corner of my eye, I can see them closing in. Just before they jump me, I flip my drink into one face, heave a chair into another. The third one lunges at me. I give him a lift. Then I dive for the door and out onto the sidewalk. I duck into the alley beside the bar. But the hoods are on my trail. I look back over my shoulder as they reach the entrance to the alley. One of them's got a gun. Just then, I trip over something and fall. The slug whistles over my ear, and I know the fall I took saved my life. Then they must figure they got me because they jump in a car and dig out. I get to my feet and light my lighter to see what I tripped over. A body. I roll it over. It's McCloskey. Here's a word about another NBC chime favorite returning to the air tonight. It's Chester A. Riley, played by William Bendix in The Hilarious Life of Riley. Riley will be back over most of these stations later tonight. Chester may not be the combination of lady killer, star athlete, and mental giant he thinks he is, but Mom, Babs, and Junior love him anyway. And you'll love them all, even the friendly undertaker, Digger Hotel, when The Life of Riley returns later tonight. The chimes are your invitation. And now, back to Dangerous Assignment and Steve Mitchell. Well, evening, Mr. Mitchell. Back again, huh? Yeah, back again, Tennessee. Is that Lieutenant here now? Yeah, here I am. Oh, Lieutenant Ames, Mr. Mitchell. Uh, Lieutenant, this is a government agent I was telling you about. Oh, yeah. Look, Mitchell, could we talk later? I'm in a hurry right now. Lieutenant, you've got a sergeant named Duncan who looks to be up in his ears. It's a very nasty deal right now. Duncan? Matter of fact, I'm on my way to see him right now. You mind if I go with you? Well, not at all. I'd like to question him with your permission. Afraid he couldn't give you much in the way of answers, Mitchell. Why not? I just got a call. Duncan's in a staff car down at the railroad yards with a bullet in his head. <laughs> Those are the railroad yards just ahead, Mitchell. Yeah. How well did you know Duncan, Lieutenant? Oh, pretty well. Why? Because it looks like he was mixed up with a pretty dangerous girl named Martha Gilbert. I'm afraid you're barking up the wrong tree, Mitchell. How so? Duncan was all right. And he wasn't mixed up with Marta. He was out to get her. What do you mean? We've had our eye on Marta for quite a little while now. Duncan's been working on the case. He had a personal motive, too. He was convinced Marta killed her husband, Duncan's friend. He was trying to prove it. I see. That sort of puts a new light on Duncan. Yeah. Then this ought to be an open and shut case, Lieutenant. Look, Duncan went to Marta's apartment house around 9.30. She probably had gotten wise to him. They drove down here to the railroad yards and she shot him. Well, that's the logical explanation, all right, Mitchell. There's just one thing wrong with it. What is it? It's impossible. Huh? How do you know? Well, as I told you, we've been keeping our eye on Marta for some time now. Figuring she could be the brains behind this sabotage that's been going on. So... So, this afternoon, a train coming up here from the south was derailed. Delayed for three hours. Just got in half an hour ago, as a matter of fact. Well, what's all this got to do with it? I figured it might be time to do a little questioning, so I dropped in on Marta. Tonight? Yeah. 
Got there about five minutes after ten and stayed until about eleven. I still don't see... Uh, They told me over the phone that Duncan's time of death had been fixed at ten o'clock. These yards are a good twenty minutes drive from Marta's apartment. She couldn't have killed Duncan at ten and have gotten back to her apartment by five after when I arrived. Oh, great. Our case against her blows up right in our face. Sure does. Oh, here we are. That must be the staff car over near the freight train. Oh, yeah. Who's the guy standing beside the car? Probably the yard watchman. I told him to keep the car under guard. Brother, railroad business must be bad. Only one train in the whole yard. Now you begin to see how effective the sabotage has been. Who is it, please? Lieutenant Ames. Oh, yeah. Anybody been near this staff car since Duncan's body was discovered? Only the doctor. I've lied no one else. Oh, good. Come on, Mitchell. Let's take a look. Right. Still seated beside the wheel. Bullet hole in his chest. Close range. Look at the powder burns. Yeah. Another slug creased his skull and then went through the windshield right here. Yeah. From there, it... Yeah. Look at the caboose of that freight train. It's right in line, and the window of the caboose is shattered, too. Mm, good thing there was nobody in the caboose at the time. Hey, wait a minute. Maybe there was. What do you mean? Maybe that's where the killer was. No, no. That wouldn't explain the powder burns in Duncan's chest and head. That's right. And look at this windshield. From the way it's shattered, it's obvious the slug traveled from inside the car out. Hmm. Well, I guess that's about all there is to see here. I suppose the car's been checked for fingerprints. Yeah, none. Probably all wiped clean. You know, I can't get rid of the idea that Marta killed Duncan. Sure, it's the logical answer, all right. But like I told you before, it just happens to be impossible. She couldn't have. Well, let's check over the times involved again. Okay. I saw Duncan go into Marta's apartment at 9.30, and then I left for Army headquarters. Right. Duncan's time of death was fixed by the doctor at about 10 o'clock. But at 5 after 10, I arrived at Marta's apartment. And the railroad yard here is a good 20 minutes' drive from Marta's apartment. All of which means she couldn't have killed Duncan at 10 and gotten back to her apartment by 5 after when I arrived. When did you leave Marta's apartment? It was about quarter of 11 when I got back to headquarters at and 11. when was the body discovered? The night watchman makes his rounds here every two hours. At 11.30, uh, just half an hour ago, he spotted the staff car and Duncan's body. I got the call just before you walked in. Well, it sure looks like Marta's in the clear, all of which leaves us nowhere. What time is it now? Uh, five after midnight. Mm. I guess it's not too late. Too late for what? To drop in on Marta again. You still think she did it, don't you? Yeah, but thinking it and proving it are two different things. They sure are, particularly when it so happens that I'm Marta's alibi. Yeah, that makes it tough. Well, won't hurt to pay her a visit anyway. See you later, Lieutenant. So I head back to Marta's apartment, not really knowing why. The whole deal has all the makings of the proverbial stone wall. It's my hunch against an airtight alibi, and at this point it looks like I'm going to come out second best. Hello, Martha. Welcome in. Thanks. Oh, this is a surprise. Yeah, I know it's a little late to be calling, but... Oh, I'm glad you came back, Stephen. How's the headache? Oh, much better, thanks. Sit down. Okay. I'm afraid I've got some bad news for you, Martha. Oh? Oh, your newspaper's not sending you away again so soon. No. I mean your friend, Sergeant Bill Duncan. Bill? What about him? He's been murdered. Murdered? Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, Stephen, I cannot believe it. When did it happen? About 10 o'clock tonight. What? That must have been right after we left here. 
But who did it, and why? Who would want to kill Bill? That's what the army's trying to figure out, Marta. Poor Billy was such a nice boy. Funny. That's what you said about your husband, too, wasn't it? Ma... Stephen, what do you mean? Skip it. No, wait. You... Oh, you surely do not think I I had anything to do with this? (laughs) Why should I? Well, there's no reason for you to, but... Another thing. Lieutenant Ames of the Army came to question me this evening... He arrived shortly after Bill left. He wanted to talk about all this, this uh, sabotage which has been going on lately. That's strange. You wouldn't know anything about that, would you? No, of course not. But this frightens me, Stephen. That anyone should even think I could be involved in such a thing. Well, probably doesn't mean a thing, Marta. Just routine questioning. Let us not even talk about it anymore. Suits me. Yeah, I fix us a nice drink. And we, we forget all about this and we talk about the times there were in Vienna, huh, Steve? You know, maybe there can be times like that again. For you and me. Soda or water. I said soda or water. Stephen? Hmm? Oh, uh, soda. Oh, my. You were a thousand miles away. No, not that far. Perhaps I should not have interrupted your train of thought. Huh? Oh, it doesn't matter. That's one train that's getting nowhere right now. Matter of fact, you might say it's been derailed. I... Uh, uh, hmm? What is it, Steve? Uh, well, nothing. Uh, look, Marta, why don't we find a bar around here somewhere and have our drink there? A bar? Yeah, is there one near here? Well, yes, but why go to a bar, Stephen? It is... Oh, it is so much cozier here. Well, this place kind of depresses me a little. Well, you told me earlier you liked it. I know, but I suddenly feel like... Doing the town. How about it? Well, it's pretty late. Not too late, is it? Well, (laughs) right, Stephen. It is never too late with you. There's a very quaint little bar down the street. I get my coat. Fine. Uh, wait a minute, Marta. I just happened to remember I've got to make a telephone call. No, yeah, darling. I ordered some drinks for us, but you hurry back. Well, huh? it may take a few minutes, but I'll cut it as short as I can, Marta. Be with you soon. I go down the back hall and out the door into the alley. Then I head for Marta's apartment. I'd slipped the catch on her door when we'd left, so it's unlocked. I go inside and start looking. I know what I'm looking for, but I don't have much time to find it. It isn't in the front room, so I go into her bedroom. There's a chair that looks a little out of place. I move it, and there it is, a little hole in the wall. I take a knife out of my pocket and start digging into the plaster, and what I pry out of that little hole in the wall doesn't surprise me at all. A bullet. I'm sorry you came back here, Steve. Well, hello, Marta. You really should not have, you know. If I hadn't, how could I have made sure it was you who killed Bill Duncan? That is a very dangerous thing for you to say, darling. Particularly when I'm holding a gun on you. It's the truth, isn't it? Is it? Sure. You also had McCloskey killed because he was getting too warm. You're also the little lady who's been organizing all the sabotage. Perhaps what you are trying to say, Stephen, is that you're not merely a newspaper correspondent. That's right. I was sent over here to Tokyo to find out who was responsible for the sabotage. 
Right from the start, I figured it was you. Now I know I'm right. And that is why you made the excuse about the phone call. To come back here and find that bullet which seems to mean so much to you. Yeah, but you got a little suspicious of me and followed me back here. Stop where you are, Stephen. It will do you no good to try and circle around me. I said stop. Okay. Stephen, I think you know I must kill you now. You've done it before. It shouldn't be any novelty. And the difference is, this time I must kill someone I'm almost in love with. Oh. So now we go into the hearts and flowers routine. I can hear you now. Poor Stephen. He was nice. And I will mean it. I am sorry, Steve. Could have been nice for us. Are you kidding? You think I'd have any ideas about making sweet music with a cobra? Thank you for that, Stephen. It makes it so much easier for me. Goodbye, darling. Well, knocked the gun right out of her hand. Nice shot, Lieutenant. Yeah, not bad at all. Lieutenant Dave. I spotted you at the window. I was circling to get out of your line of fire. Well, that's what I figured. It looks like you and I tumbled to that train gag about the same time, Mitchell. Yeah. Lieutenant, this is all a mistake. I... It sure is, Marta, and you made it. Lieutenant, you must listen to me. You know I could not have killed Bill Duncan. He was shot at the railroad yards at 10. You came to see me here five minutes later. Sorry, Marta. It's no use. Bill Duncan was shot at 10 o'clock, all right, but not at the railroad yards. No, that is a lie. Bill came to see you at 9.30. You know he finally had the goods on you as head of the sabotage ring. You maneuvered him into your bedroom and shot him twice. Once in the chest and the second slug grazed his head and plunked into the wall. That's the slug I just dug out of the wall. It is not true. And before you had a chance to dispose of the body, I showed up. All the time I was talking to you, Duncan's body was right in the next room. You are insane. When the lieutenant left, you drove the body down to the railroad yards. There was already a bullet crease in Duncan's skull, and you wanted to make it look like he'd been killed at the yard. So you fired a slug past his head, through the windshield, and through the window of the caboose standing near the car. I will not listen to this. You have no proof that Bill was not killed at the railroad yards. You want proof? Okay, I'll give it to you. The lieutenant told me that... On the way to the yards, that another train had been sabotaged and had just arrived. That was 11 o'clock, Marta. Well... That's right. We weren't paying much attention to that fact then. I guess we both tumbled to it about the same time. I'm sure you get it, Marta. There was no train there at 10, the time of Bill's death. No caboose for that slug to plug into. And to think I once thought I loved you. Oh, save it, Marta. You know, that's pretty funny. Huh? We didn't trap Marta. She trapped herself. What do you mean? You figure it out. You get hooked because the train wasn't on time. It wasn't on time because your outfit had sabotaged it. (laughs) It's pretty fitting at that. Marta wrecks a train, the train wrecks her. Yeah. Matter of fact, you might call it cooking your own caboose. Dangerous Assignment, starring Brian Donlevy as Steve Mitchell, is written by Bob Reif and Adrian Jondeau, with music by Basil Adlam, and is produced and directed by Bill Carn. Three chimes mean good times on NBC. Saturday night chimes mean Dennis Day and Judy Canova. Dennis Day will be back tomorrow night with more songs and merry mischievous mix-ups. 
The Judy Canova Show also returns tomorrow when Judy and her pals get together. Here, Nightbeat and later William Bendix on NBC. Welcome back. Definitely an ironic way for the villain to be undone. And a reminder that if you're going to plant the body at a mobile crime scene, you have to make sure that it was actually there at the time of the murder. We also picked up a little bit of extra backstory on Steve that he actually was a foreign correspondent. Now, that is still compatible with the story of him having graduated the Naval Academy. If Steve Mitchell is the same age as Brian Donlevy, then he'd be 49, probably graduated the Academy in 1923, do his, uh, I think it's 10 years of required service when you graduate from one of the academies, and then if he became a journalist, there'd be plenty of time to have several years doing that before the war. And of course, if Steve had actually been a foreign correspondent, then that also makes his job of going undercover as a foreign correspondent more believable. I want to go ahead and once again thank the Art of Crime podcast for sponsoring today's episode. Well, now it's time to thank our Patreon supporter of the day. Thank you to Kevin, Patreon supporter since last August, currently supporting us at the detective sergeant level of $7.14 or more per month. Thank you so much for your support, Kevin. And that will do it for today. A reminder, if you want to be sure to never miss an episode, I encourage you to follow the podcast using your favorite podcast software, including TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, Overcast, and the Apple uh, Podcast app. And if you are enjoying this podcast on YouTube, be sure to like the video, subscribe to the channel, and mark the notification bell. We will be back next Wednesday with another episode of Dangerous Assignment, but join us back here tomorrow for Follow Vance, where... Sit down, Markham, sit down. Nice of you to drop into my office. Thank you, Vance. Always glad to see you. I had a phone, except that this is something I'd like to talk to you about in person. The district attorney making a personal appearance. Be careful, Markham. We will have a review of this meeting in Variety. <laughs> They'd have nothing to print, Vance, because that's exactly what we have in two identical murders which have occurred in the past two weeks. Oh? Sounds interesting, my friend. What's the complete story? It's just this. Two wealthy men in this city have been killed, strangled by a rope. Apparently, they interrupted robberies in their homes because the safes of both had been ransacked. We know a lot of money and securities were stolen. And the killer left no indication of his identity? None we can find. Sergeant Heath's looking for some kind of a lead right now. He's been working on the murder since they happened. Heath's a good man. If there's anything to be found, he'll uncover it. What did you want me to do? Find whoever it is who is responsible for the killings. Mm-hmm. Only I can give you nothing at all to work on, Vance, except that I'm reasonably certain both were done by the same man or men. I hope you'll be with us then. In the meantime, do send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and check us out on Instagram. Instagram.com slash greatdetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.